Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Brother Calvin Calhoun, and today we want to talk about our final church in the Maturing Sun series, the Church of Laodicea. So let's turn and look at Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse number 14. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, it says this, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write, These things says the Amen the faithful and true witness, the beginning of creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou work cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have no need of nothing. And I know it not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to try me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice, and open the door. I will come into him, and I will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcoming will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my father in his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. When we look at the word Laodicea, it means the rule of the people. The Laodiceans means the rule of the people. And we talk about the rule of the people. We're talking about a democratic process. We're talking about democratic processes. Okay. So in other words, this church was doing works. They were having church. They were having a good time. They were, it says right there, they were what? Verse 17 says, you say, I am rich and increase with goods, have need of nothing. No, but Jesus says, no, you may have all these things. You can look good. You can have all the riches. You can have all of the goods. I mean, we see this with a lot of churches. They have a, they have all the goods. They have all the multimedia. They have everything that looks like they are blessed. It looks like, listen to me, it looks like they are blessed. But Jesus diagnoses that church and says what? You are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. Why? Because the rule is of the people and is not of the kingdom of God. Listen to me. One of the major issues that we have in the body of Christ, especially for us in Western culture, talking about the United States, y'all, in Western culture is that we believe that our rights and our opinions in this country are kingdom transferable. And what I mean by kingdom transferable is this, my opinions and what I think and how I feel matters in the kingdom. So despite whatever your doctrine is, despite what you may say, I believe I'm right because that's just my truth. That's what that's what people say these days. It's my truth. No, there's no such thing as my truth. There's the truth. Okay. And guess what? In the kingdom of God, in a kingdom, the people's opinion do not matter to God. Our opinion does not matter. We live by the word of God. We live by his word. We live by his commandments and his laws. 
okay? And they're not written in stone, but they're written in our hearts, okay? So the, we have to, when we say that we're called to seek first the kingdom of God and, 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 and his righteousness. That means seek first the rulership of God over your life and right standing with him and all these things shall be added unto you. But guess what? It doesn't take much to, if you have a good business degree, you got a good marketing degree, guess what? You can start your church. It's not really that per se hard. I mean, I remember this. I remember when the No Limit Soldiers uh, uh, types of brochures with the diamond rings and all that stuff came out. And it, it came from the, from the No Limit Soldiers group and all of them. And that's how they promoted their albums. Very slowly, you saw the church adopt that way of marketing their churches and their programs and the ministries that they do. Why would you take something from the world? We act as if God is not a creator himself and he can't give us it. But the Bible says you have a, they'll give you a new song. Why can't God create his own way for his own people? But the church slowly kept using the methods and the ways of the world in beliefs of trying to attract people to the church, but also how to grow their ministries. It doesn't, doesn't take much to grow a ministry if you want to use good business savvy, good business sense, and um and know how to run an, a, a decent business. You can build a, a mega church off of that. You can get you a good motivational speaker. You can have a mega church, but it doesn't mean that God is in it. It doesn't mean that God is in it. It doesn't mean that Christ is ruling. So we can't just judge churches and people by what we see because the church at Laodicea had all the goods. They had everything. They felt like they had no need of anything, but yet the Bible says that Christ was on the outside. Why? Because the Laodiceans represented a rule of the people. It was a democratic rule. I'll give you another unique thing. I don't understand why we don't believe that Holy Spirit can reveal to us who should be a pastor, who is called to be an apostle. The first century church clearly believed it. Why? Because it says that the Holy Ghost said, set, for, set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them to do. The Holy Ghost said that I have made you overseers. We have substituted the, the rule and the purpose of the Holy Spirit to the church. For our democratic processes, meaning this, we have places and people and groups that actually vote for their pastor, meaning this, listen to me, you have con congregations that vote for who they want the pastor to be. Think about that. That is not kingdom at all. When, when does the child determine who the parent's going to be? No, it's, it's the other way around. <laughs> you, you, as a child, you're born into a family. It's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to arrange the body of Christ. By one spirit, you're baptized into one body and you come from out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the dear son. So you enter from a democracy into a kingdom. But the, the mind of the democratic cannot cross into the kingdom. And this is why we have so many opinions. This is why we have so many false doctrines. This is why we have so many people who are still immature in the things of God because they have thought that they can bring their democratic mind into the kingdom. We have many pastors and preachers who talk about the kingdom, but it's evident that the rule of the people matter more because they don't stick to sound doctrine. These, this is not time for weak talk. This is serious business now.
We're talking about an end time church. The church of the Laodiceans was the last church that Christ wrote to. And there's a reason why. Because the Laodiceans represent a rule that the sons of God must overcome. As the sons of God, we must overcome the democratic mentality, the rule of the people. If you go back to the story of Abraham and Lot, what you will see really quickly is that Lot has an ancestral relationship with his daughters. Okay, His daughters gives birth to two children. One named Moab and one named Ben-Ami, okay? Moab means what father? Moab, what father? And Ben-Ami means son of my people. In other words, listen, one child of Lot is, is called and his name means to cut off patriarchy, cut off the call of the father. Cut off the grace and the gift of the father over a son's life. But the other one is about, I come from my people. I come from my, why? Because the son came from the father having an incestuous relationship with a daughter. So that's why he's called Ben-Ami or the Ammonites. Or the Ammonites in scripture, you'll see them as the Ammonites. And Israel had to fight Moab and the Ammonites numerous times. Because they represent spirits that decapitate the grace of Father in your life, but also cause you to come under the rule of the people and not the rule of the sovereign king who is the Lord Jesus Christ. So right here in the church to the Laodiceans, he says, you are lukewarm. Because you have the rule of the people and you have, and look what it says, it says, you have no need of anything. They believe they didn't have need of anything. But he says, what? I wish you were cold or hot. See, lukewarm people are apathetic people. They, they lack no fervency. They lack no energy. They, they just go with the flow. They go with the flow. Whatever's going on in the world, they go with it. They just go with it. And that's what the church at Laodicea was doing. They were, the, the, the atmosphere of the church was the same as the temperature or the ways of the world. Okay, he says, I wish you were cold or hot, but you're lukewarm. One thing about lukewarm water, if you've ever had it, it can cause emesis, which is vomiting. Why? Because if you let water sit at lukewarm temperature, it, become, it becomes a conduit to grow bacteria. This is why in the Roman times, in the Grecan times, the aqueducts and the waters that they would drink would be cold or hot because if it was very cold or very hot bacteria could not grow in it but when the water was the temperature of the world it allowed bacteria to grow in it and that would induce vomiting that's why jesus said what i wish you were cold out because i would spew thee out of my mouth christ cannot stand a lukewarm church he cannot stand a lukewarm church. And I'm going to tell you something about a lukewarm church. It's a double-minded church. I've said this multiple times because the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. Be renewed by the trans be be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to conform our mind to the mind of Christ. And that's what helps prevent us from being double-minded. To the church at Rome, he says the carnal mind is enmity against God. And it cannot know the things of the spirit. 
So guess what? If you're looking, if you have a lukewarm mentality, a lukewarm life, you're following the ways of the world as if there's nothing wrong. Guess what? You're a double-minded individual. And the Bible says, don't think that you shall receive nothing from God because a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. Christ does not want lukewarm sons, sons who go in and out, who, who one day they want to love God, the next thing they want to love the world. They, it's, y'all, oh man, listen to me. There's so much we can talk about, about lukewarm churches just shouting and doing all this stuff. And guess what? Demons are sitting in your church. People are sitting there hurt and broken and no one's addressing anything. Why? Because Christ is on the outside of a democratically run church. Jesus said, he says, behold, I stand at the door. Well, if he's at the door, he's clearly not inside. So to the church of the Laodiceans, Christ was on the outside. The people had voted Christ out. They did not want to do the will of God. They did not want to adhere to sound doctrine. They wanted to be relevant with the world. That's what they want. They want their church to be popular. When Jesus said, the Lord Jesus said, that you shall be hated because of me. The world should hate you. But Father, keep them in the world. Don't take them out. Keep them from the evil that's in it. It's a real message, y'all. We, I'm sick and tired of props. We use so many props in the church, like, like as if people can't, like Holy Spirit can't just speak through the through a pastor, through a prophet, through an apostle, through a teacher, through an evangelist, and people can hear it and be changed. I don't believe in using all these props. I'm just real about it. I just look. I pull this out. I say, Holy Spirit, let's go. And I see more people's lives change. You don't need no props. You need Holy Spirit to speak to them into their situation, into their lives. Because when you speak the word of God into someone's life, the Bible says that the word is, is quickening. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides the soul from the spirit. It also is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That is what the people need. The people need the rule of God over their lives. Democratic rule and opinions have left the people of God immature in the churches. This is not a game. Floating in and out of your faith is not stability. The church at Philadelphia told you that. From frequent shakings. And God is shaking not only heaven and earth, but he tells you, do not refuse him who speaks from heaven. How does he speak from heaven? He speaks through his holy apostles. He speaks through his holy prophets. He, he speaks through his evangelists, his pastors, his teachers. And when he speaks to them, the Bible says you best not refuse them who speak because those things that are made shall be shaken. But we've been given a kingdom, not a democracy. We've been given a kingdom by which it's unshakable. It's unmovable because what? Our God is a consuming fire. And if what we're building in the earth is not eternal. It's not eternal. And it's built on democratic processes. When God judges it, it will burn. I can promise you it's going to be burned. And leaders, those leaders who hear this message, my prayer to you is that you understand that we better put a focus on people 
put a focus on maturing the sons of God because we're held double accountable for what we say. We're held double accountable for what we teach. People, you know what? Oh, good mercy. Democrat people will hate this message. They'll hate this. Why do we believe that we can vote for an apostle or vote for any prophet? So we determine who should be the prophet. We determine who should be the pastor when the Bible says the Holy Ghost says whose church does it belong to? Does it belong to the people? Or does it belong to Christ? See, if it belongs to Christ, he says that I will give you, I will send you the comforter. I will send you the spirit of truth. And he shall what? Lead you and guide you into all truth. I will lead you and guide you. Why don't the church believe that we can trust Holy Spirit to tell us who should be the pastor? Who should be the apostles? Who should be the prophets? Who should be the evangelists? Who should be the teachers? Who should be the pastors? Who should be the leaders in the body of Christ? Why don't we believe Holy Spirit can do that? We've been so democratized and we think our, our opinions and what we think and who we think we like matters to God. No, it's his body. It's his will. It's his way. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It's higher than our carnal mind, definitely. But when we align our mind and our carnal thought, our thoughts, not our carnal thoughts, our thoughts and our mind with Christ, he collapses that space down because now we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus in the throne. And if we're seated with him, our viewpoint to it should be from the throne. And no matter what he says, if he says it, it goes in our lives. We're not playing. I'm sick and tired of seeing people deceive. And if you truly love the people of God and you're a leader especially, you should be sick and tired of it. This ain't no popularity contest. We're dealing with people's lives, soul salvation, maturing sons. That's what this is about. But they can't do it in a, demo in a democratic uh, structure where it's, it's by the rule of the people. We vote for this person. We vote for that person. We vote for this person. We think that's how it works in the kingdom. No, it does not. That's why it's called a calling. God selects. God chooses. The thing is, we don't want to listen to God because the person who God selects is not who we want. If they're not popular enough. But we've watered down everything. I mean, all the, most you know, all these people you see on TV, a lot of these people you see on TV have watered down the message. And because it makes you feel good and it touches your feelings and your emotions, but it don't change you. It don't challenge you. It don't make you want to pick up this book and study and pray and ask God to give you an understanding of the scriptures and give you an understanding of what it means to be a son and what it means to rule in the kingdom of God. Now, when you read this book, it means it's, it's just a bunch of stories. But it's actually a book of testimony of the journey of the sons of God from the beginning to the end. That's what this is about. Sonship. The kingdom. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. And when all of this shaking happens, guess what? You should be unmovable. You should be unshakable because you're anchored to the kingdom. So in the next message, we're going to look at how 
this lukewarmness and how do we overcome the lukewarmness and the democratic rule uh, over the church of Laodicea towards the sons of God. This is the final part of the maturing piece of what it means to be a son. And if you look at the end of who of, of how we overcome and the gift and the promise to the overcomer, then guess what? You'll understand why God is making a call in the earth right now to return, to come home, to get yourself aligned up. Isolate yourself and learn the voice of your Heavenly Father and come under the rule of the kingdom of God. May God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast.